Hi, I'm Carl Murphy at the Committee for Economic Development of Australia. I'm talking with leaders and thinkers from CEDA member organisations to get the lowdown on what they are seeing, to hear their plans for the work ahead and to progress ideas for change. In the lowdown, we range right across sectors, across professions and right across the country, talking to smart people, experts in their field, who, like CEDA, are committed to Australia's economic and social development. This time in the lowdown, we're talking about boards, about rethinking strategy and asking who is in charge of change. So welcome to the conversation with me and Jackie Walters, researcher, thinker, and long-time non-executive director. Hi, Jackie. Good morning, Good Paul. morning. Now, Jackie, you're the chair of Clinco. You're a board member of Development Victoria, director of Sladenmore and Gordon. You work with the NGO Second Bite. Your own era innovation, and that's because you're mad into strategy and innovation, and that's the interest that's driven your current research project. So we want to hear about that. Right. We do want to hear about that. We'll get to that. But um, <laughs> I want to start with what boards are doing now. I'm so many of them will have spent the last three months doing things they've never done before, making decisions they've mm. never faced before. Yeah, that's right. It's. Um, I mean, I think most boards um, have changed the frequency of their meetings. Um, so they're certainly meeting more frequently and probably running quite different meetings um, and, you know, shorter, um, but also with a real focus on looking to the future and trying to understand um, what are the implications of COVID. And, and that sounds really obvious, um, but working your way through scenarios um, in, in a real-time live situation is very different to working your way through what might be considered the normal strategic processes that boards might go through, some of them only on an annual basis. So it is very, very different, I think, for a lot of boards, um, the rhythm and also the things that they're having to consider. So that's kind of where everyone is now, pretty much dealing with things as they're coming up. But your research mm. is, is about how boards approach strategy. Are they any good at it? I think uh, there's 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 everything on the spectrum there, Kyle. I think um, so, you know there are there are boards who are brilliant at it, and there are others that are probably um, taking what I would describe as a more traditional approach, which is um, you know you have your annual strategy day. Um, it's quite a linear process, and it's not what I would call a very sense and respond um, type of process and I think probably COVID has has amplified the need for boards to to drive and own a much more flexible and agile strategy setting process um, and and it, it comes down to not just the frequency with which you're having strategic conversations the amount of time that you are dedicating to looking to the future um, and not just focusing on today um, and compliance, but it also comes down to how you approach that whole question of uncertainty and risk. And I think boards are going to have to get a lot more comfortable with finding processes and disciplined ways of accepting 
that uncertainty and managing it. Um, and I think that will drive a change in the way boards are approaching strategy and organisations as well. And some of them do that today and do it really well. And I guess that's that's what I'm interested in my research is there are, there are organisations doing this very well, but it's not the mainstream. Um, and how can we highlight this and find some pragmatic solutions that, that help boards move into what I would call, you know, the, the sort of next generation of strategy setting um, and becoming more innovative and more agile. So if the boards were, you know, this is something we've talked about before, if, if the board capability in this area was strong, then they're well positioned. If it was weak, that has been absolutely exposed now. Um, mm. Are boards in a position while, in the midst of all of this change? Is that a good thing? Are they forced now to rethink their way of doing strategy? I think so. Um, it's, it causes different conversations to be had between board members um, at the board table and also between the board and management. Um, and I think it, in some organisations it's quite a tricky topic, who gets to set strategy. Um, you know, the, the sort of the theory says board um, sets strategy but does it in conjunction with management. But I think that that doesn't always work as well as it should. And I think because this is a real-time crisis, people have had to um, find ways to make those conversations work. So, yeah, I think it's um, it has it has accelerated what was changing anyway. Okay. Um, but it has probably it probably has exposed for some organisations um, real gaps in you know, board capability, and that comes down to the board membership but also board processes. So I'm, I'm curious about that because there's this question about how far ahead boards are looking, yeah? So lately mm. I'd suggest not very far. They've, they've been on mm. an immediacy, urgency, compliance, operational focus, but how far ahead should they be looking and why is there this sort of resistance you see it between boards and management yeah. about looking to a longer time horizon. Yeah, and and I think it does come down to a balance, and you know you you can talk about the ambidextrous organisation. What needs <laughs> the, <laughs> the ambidextrous organisation? I love that term. So tell and, me, and, hang on, slow down. Means, tell me what that means. Well, it's it's being able to, you know, focus on your current operations and, and focus on that operational excellence and, and you know, doing the best um, that you can today, but with a really disciplined approach to looking to the future and having a very deliberate um, approach to investing a particular amount of time and resource into positioning for the future while you're running things today. And again, that just sounds so obvious. Of course, you have to do that. And and we know um, that the world is changing at an ever increasing rate. Um, so you have to be good at that. But I guess what I find in my work is that often it isn't disciplined. It isn't embedded into the way the organisation thinks about itself and its strategic choices. Um, and that means that you get in this circumstance, it's a good example, when, when the pressure comes on, that focus on the future drops because it's seen as optional. The focus is on today mm. and 
and you are losing those opportunities of the future and, and does not position you for success. So it's about having a discipline and a deliberateness to say, we are going to invest a certain amount of time and effort into that future thinking. Um, and we're actually going to make some small investments into highly risky areas, but we're going to do it in a way that is at an acceptable risk level. And that's where the board's important role about setting risk appetite um, comes into it. But you can't approach those more risky, uncertain things that are way out there um, in the future the same way that you approach the way you run business today because there is so much more uncertainty associated with those things out in the future. And I guess that's, that's what I'm really interested in is what are the different processes that you can embed in both board and management that allows you to take those risks at an acceptable level to position yourself for the future. And the time horizon varies depending on the industry, the maturity of your organisation, all those things. There's no, you know, magic mm, number, mm. but it's about that deliberateness, I think. So it's not like nothing was changing for boards, like directors' roles and responsibilities have become clearer, the regulatory environment's changed. The Royal Commission's, they've shone a big light on public expectations. Yeah. So has that recent focus kind of overtaken the board's need to work on strategy? Has it put us into this very risk-averse sort of compliance space? I think that you certainly hear that said a lot, That, and you hear that um, the reasons that companies, listed companies won't take risk, um, the reason that there's a perception that Australian companies are not innovative enough is because of the risk of um, whether it's compliance, whether it's continuous disclosure, whether it's just being seen to fail. They're all things that um, that you hear about. I think in practice, I'm not sure that's true. And that's one thing that I'm trying to assess through some of the research that we're conducting. But it's... Um, it's about uh, seeing, I guess, seeing failure as learning and approaching that risk in a different way. Uh, and I think we are probably quite immature in that sense in Australia compared to, for example, the US, um, where there is more tolerance for companies to focus on innovation and new things. And when it doesn't always work, it's not seen as a great failing of leadership um it's seen as something that you learn from and you move on from obviously you don't want to do that too often but it, it doesn't have the same impact um as it seems to in australia but i i haven't seen good research on this but there's a lot of rhetoric around mm -hmm. it um and clearly there's been a focus not just on compliance but on the board's obligation to steward the culture of the business and not only doing what is legal but what you should do what is the right thing to do and, and that has been a big focus I think over recent years because of some of the outcomes of inquiries but I think in terms of um, risk taking um, it, it is different in different industries there are different sort of public tolerances so in the tech industry I think you know there is a whole different profile compared to more mature sectors uh, but the fact is those mature sectors need to innovate just as much as the tech sector and it's it's probably 
um, in those more mature traditional sectors that there is less understanding and therefore processes and systems um, and culture to be able to deal with uh, more innovative risk-taking approaches. So w what we're probably seeing is a whole lot of organisations kind of looking at their strategy documents and throwing them over their shoulder, either because they were, <laughs> they were, you know, they had this understanding about scenario versus strategy or mm. they just had a, gone through that sort of very process orientated strategy day, strategy session, strategy documents cycle. Mm. Um, so what are you hoping that you're going to see out of your research and when everyone comes back to the table to rethink strategy, just quickly what might be different there? Um, well, and I think some companies are doing this, so I'm not, for one instance, um, presuming that I'm coming up with original thought here, really. But I think um, the good practice that I would expect to see is that boards are dedicating more frequently a significant chunk of time to strategic conversations, identifying the strategic choices that they should be considering, and that that is probably taking more more of a balance with compliance and current business mm -hmm. um, than it does today. I think the other thing is a, a repositioning of risk and uncertainty and thinking about, you know, when you are looking at those future options, finding lower risk ways to explore them rather than not doing them because they're being seen as too risky or alternatively um, maybe taking a risky step, but not having the right processes um, and and sort of decision making frameworks to make sure that you are managing all of that within your risk appetite. So I think you know there's those two things I hope will change: a more frequent, regular focus on um, on future and strategic choices, and a, a bit more sensing and responding rather than. Um, uh, you know, presuming that the status quo is is going to remain in place for a period of time, and the second thing is a, a re a re understanding and positioning of risk and uncertainty and how you can deal with it. And on the relationship or the workings between management and boards. Yeah, I think part of that comes down to uh, you know risk appetite is something that boards have a responsibility to set yeah. and to ensure that you know the management frameworks and controls are in place to to, to monitor that and control that. Um, I think that having some different processes for more future related um, decisions and investments will. They require different processes and if you can get them in place, then board and management can have a very productive relationship um, about, you know, what are those riskier things that we want to do? Um, is the board comfortable that there's adequate control and parameters to allow management to go and execute on that? Um, and I guess what I see at the moment in some circumstances is if the board thinks things are highly risky, they either choose not to do it, which might be, um, to, you know, a great opportunity cost for the business, or they over control it. It's frustrating for management and it's not effective. Mm. Mm. 
So it's got to be got to be some different processes, I think, um, to allow that relationship to work in that space. And and I think, you know, as you say, um, people are sort of maybe not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but certainly there's a real rethinking of um, what the future holds and a real, you know, absolute recognition that none of us know really how this is going to play out. We're trying, um, you know, we're we're trying to consider all of the scenarios and um, and put in place uh, the best um, options that we can around that. But what we know is we're going to have to be much more focused on this um, than we might have been in the past because there's, you know, we've just got this massive um, unknown out there. Uh, and I think, you know, there's the sort of pace of change that we've talked about in the past, I think, is is going to be even more present um, as a result of this crisis. Yeah, I think it's certainly escalated since the sense of what we thought might be coming down the pipeline or what we thought might be change uh, is now looked at differently. So certainly it's time not only for resetting strategy, but as you say, rethinking strategy. Um, so thanks very much, Jackie, for talking today and for giving us the lowdown. Look, I'm, I for one am really pleased that someone like you is thinking ahead about new ways for boards to work and, um, and wish you all the very best with the next steps in your research. We'll have to, um, to come back to that. So thank you. Mm. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for the opportunity. I'll just remind our listeners that CEDA's research and past work that is uh, referenced in this podcast is available along with a whole lot of other stuff at cedar.com.au. Wherever we are talking and wherever you are listening, we acknowledge that we are in Australia on Aboriginal land. Stay in touch and CEDA will keep bringing you the lowdown. <laughs>